Great to have you guys here. Thank you so much. I want to say a quick hello to all of our campuses. Thanks for being a part of our services. Let's also give it up for our God Behind Bars guys real quick. Let's do that. Thank you, guys. Hey, real quick before I get started, I just got on good word that my friend, Pastor Ed Newton from Community Bible Church, stepped into our campus over at San Antonio. Ed, please stand if you would at that campus. Can we give him a hand? He's an incredible pastor. He has an incredible church. So... So, Ed, when, you, when I went to your church, you embarrassed me and brought me on stage. So I'm doing the best I can because you're not here with me live. And I just want to say this about Pastor Ed. I love him. He's a dear friend. And uh, when we were going through the hurricane several years ago, Rockport, the building, we lost it. And, you know, there's all kinds of construction. We we're trying to help out with the whole city, trying to figure out what to do with our Rockport campus. Pastor Ed called me and said, Pastor, I want to I bring something for you for Rockport. And I was like, oh, man, thank you. You can help us out with the, uh, with the relief efforts. He said, no, no, no. We want to bring a gift to help you rebuild your campus at Rockport. So, Ed, we love you. That's under construction. We want to say thank you for your support. Let's give it up for Community Bible Church and Pastor Ed. Grateful for you. Really am. I'm excited about today. Today is our annual offering. And so if you're visiting with us, we're glad you're here. And I'm not embarrassed to talk about offerings or, or, or resources being given to God because it's a good cause. So that's no problem. But we also want you to know, we understand maybe this is your very first time. We really don't expect you to necessarily give, but we think it's going to be great because you're going to get a front row seat to generosity today. You're going to get a front row seat to God moving powerfully in his people. So we're glad you're here and just thankful for everyone that is a part of our church today. Now, you may say, well, why are we talking about giving, Pastor? We, can't we just do an offering and why are we going to talk about it? Well, let me tell you why. You know, in the Bible, it talks about baptism about 100 times. Did you know that? Over 100 times it talks about baptism. But did you know it talks about generosity and giving over 1,000 times? And so it's all throughout the Bible, it talks about being generous, giving to the Lord, giving to those in need as well. And so, and in fact, Jesus taught in parables. He would walk along and you know, maybe pick a flower up and say, consider the lily, right? He always talked in parables and in stories, basically. Did you know that 16 out of the 29 parables Jesus taught was about money, possessions, and giving? Why is that? I think it's because Jesus knew that where your treasure is, there your heart is. That what you give towards is, is what you value, which means here at Church Unlimited, we value Whataburger. Where's, where's my amen? Can I get an amen for that, right? Yes, we give towards that all the time. So the point is, is that, right, where, what, what you give money towards is, is actually what you do value, what you, what you care about. In fact, if, if you're dating someone, ladies, and he never spends any money on it, what are you going to say? You're going to say, he must not value me, right? And so because what you spend money on is really what you value. So we do value the Lord. We value his work. And so we're excited about being able to give today. Hey, let's say our mission statement together real quick before we get started. What are we here to do as a church? We're to take as many people to heaven as we can before we die, period. That's what we're all about here at Church Unlimited. Again, thank you for coming. Today, we're going to start talking about the Christmas story. So I thought, let's start with the wise men. So today's message is called Wise Men Give, because wise people do give to the Lord. And so let's pick up in the scripture in Matthew chapter two. Let's just dive right in. Matthew chapter two says this, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from Eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn King of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of the religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? Now, to put this in perspective, these, these wise men, they were essentially kings. They were royalty from another land, from Persia, which is modern-day Iran. So if you were to walk from modern-day Iran all the way to Jerusalem, that's just approximately 900 miles. There was no Uber to take. There was no flight to catch. 
So they walked with gifts in tow to bring their, the, the, the Lord, right, to bring Jesus. They wanted to bring gifts to him. They brought gifts 900 miles. And so when they finally get there, what happens? So you're thinking, I'm thinking that if I'm royalty, I come 900 miles to bring a gift to your king, not even my king. I'm thinking you're going to say, thank you. Wow, this is awesome. I can't believe you did that. What an honor, right? Shouldn't there be some kind of Israeli ticker tape parade for these guys? I mean, wow, this is so nice you did. That. So what happens? They show up, they go, hey, who are you? And what are you doing here? So they get this great inquisition and they're like, well, we're here to, we saw the star and we, we happened to study the stars. And so we knew that there was a prophecy and we know that there's a newborn king. And so we came to worship him. And they're like, what are you talking about? Okay, you need to sit. We're going to find out about this. You stay right here. And so they're thinking, what, what are we in trouble? Have you ever tried to do good for someone and it all seems to backfire? You ever tried to do something nice? Or how about this? You ever just said, I I'm going to really live for God now. And it seems like the moment you decide that everything goes wrong. You're like, what, what in the world? I'm trying to do something good, right? This week, as my wife and I were preparing to give a, a, a large gift for our family to the Lord, we were preparing to sacrifice. And, and as we we're preparing for that, my son comes in and says, Dad, um, really sorry, but I had to take my car to the shop. It barely could even drive there. I was like, you're kidding me. Of all the weeks to have a car break down, right? So we, we get it there. They, they fix it. And, and I get the bill. I, I, go, I go to pay for it. $2,800. I was like, Lord, you ever just want to have that prayer like, really, really? Like, I'm trying to do something for you here, God. You know what I mean? And so everything in me thought, you know, I could just discount that much off what I'm going to give. No, I made a commitment to God. And so you need to know this. When you want to bring a gift to Jesus, I hate to break this to you, but you need to know something. There's not going to be a ticker tape parade for you. I'm sorry, because the devil's after you. So let me tell you something right now. Please write this down, would you? If you're going to take notes, the first thing you need to know is this. When you begin to give a gift to God, expect resistance. You're going to get resistance. In fact, where you get the most resistance is probably where you're the most effective. Because listen, when you're trying to do something big for heaven, the devil's going to make sure all hell breaks loose in your life. So maybe today you've been going through something. Maybe this has been a crazy week. You're like, I can't even think about giving to God because I've got all these problems and all this situation. That sounds like the devil's trying to throw you. You got to know there's going to be resistance. And my answer to that was, okay, I'm going to fix this car and I'm still going to keep my word to God and give exactly what he told me to give. And my prayer is you do the same to say, I'm not going to let resistance get in my way. I'm going to do God's work. I do want to stop real quick. I just, just for those of you who maybe who are new or, or, or haven't heard the whole picture of what we're doing, I just want to stop real quick and just tell you what we're giving towards. I think it's important for you to know that. If you're going to give generously, what exactly are we giving to, Pastor? And so we're giving to four simple things. The first is we know it's time to finally rebuild or to finally time to buy land and build a Padre Island campus because the one they have is literally behind another building, very limited parking, very limited seating. They've been out of space for years. In fact, Padre Island these people are amazing, and I just want to say how grateful I am for our Padre Island campus. They have given faithfully to other building campaigns, all while needing one themselves. So we're finally able to turn our attention to them and say, let's get them the building that they need right on the highway, a great location with plenty of parking, plenty of seating. We're excited to do that. Another thing we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing some renovations here at the broadcast campus, which we have not really touched very much in 10 years here. And so there's time for to do some renovating. And then the third thing we're going to do, I'm very excited about, is that we are going to redo some children's rooms on our West Side campus. Now, you know, we always do these fundraisers like the beginning of every school year. We raise money to give backpacks to a bunch of kids, right, with all these school supplies or maybe give them some fr fresh kicks and, you know, new clothes, those kind of things are some of the things we do for the West Side often. We do that because we think in our minds, I want those kids that don't have the resources that we have to have the same things my kids have, right? 
Well, why wouldn't it be the same way? Don't you want your kids in a nice, safe classroom, right? That looks great, it's clean, and you know, it's appropriate. Why wouldn't we want those West Side's kids to have the same thing? So we're going to redo their children's areas. We're very excited about that. And the last thing I'm very excited about, too. Yeah, isn't that great? Very excited about that. Yeah. And then the last thing we're going to be doing, very excited about this too, is we're going to be opening another God Behind Bars prison campus because they're so incredibly effective. We're very excited to be opening that. Every time we open one, hundreds of men get saved. And so we're excited to know that we're doing that. Every time we go into a new campus, a new, a new prison, and open a campus there, every time we do this, the level of violence in that prison goes down. They literally, uh, Texas Department of Corrections says, please come now. It's really cool. So... We're very excited to be doing those four things. Again, I want to say thank you for the difference that you will be making today and, of course, the difference that many of you have already made. We are so grateful. Scripture goes on in Matthew chapter 2. It says, after this interview, the wise men went their way. So Herod wanted to know, where is this kid going to be? Of course, we know he didn't have any good intentions. He wanted to take Jesus out, but, you know, God protected him. It says, and they saw the star that they'd seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child was with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, those are very specific gifts, and there's a reason behind those gifts. First thing I want you to know from this, though, number two, is to bring an offering demonstrates your understanding of who Jesus really is. In fact, when people, maybe you have friends or family that you discussed this gift you're going to give to God that maybe said, whoa, 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 what are you doing? No, 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 no. Well, okay, well, okay, get, you're going overboard. Why are you doing that? Right? Isn't that funny how even people who claim to be believers will push back on you giving a gift to God that's significant? It's funny. They don't realize what they're really saying is that they're not as committed to the things of God. I don't mean that to be ugly, but when someone's criticizing that, why would you criticize that? You're just trying to do good. You're trying to change lives. It's a wonderful thing to do. It's funny how no one even bats an eye if you overpurchase too much car or house, but then they freak out over giving something significant to God. It's just as funny how in our society we have it all in reverse when really to do God's work is the first thing we should be doing. So they gave gold, frankincense, and myrrh. What's the significance of that? So I brought some gold, some frankincense, and myrrh on stage with me. I just so happen to have it in my house. No, I don't. I had to order it, but... <laughs> I wanted to show you this real quick. So here's some gold coins. A friend of mine had these, and so I wanted to bring these up. So here, here are the, they're, they're not that large. I just want to show you these real quick, though, but it's pretty amazing. So there's a gold coin. That little gold coin is about $1,500 for one. Isn't that amazing? The price of gold is about $1,500 an ounce. And so I've got four here, so I'm holding in my hand about $6,000 right there. Ooh, don't <laughs> I borrowed this from a friend in the church. Sorry, I, I, I caught it. I didn't, didn't drop it. But those are real. And uh, he, he uh, collects some gold. And so I won't give you his name or his address. You cannot go to his house. <laughs> but that's the real deal. Now, the scripture says that they came and worshiped him and they opened their treasure chests. So how much was, was that? If I just held up just not even a handful and it was six to $7,000, then if you brought a treasure chest of gold, scholars tell us that this gift would have been approximately one year's earnings. So today, that would be someone saying, hey, I want to stop by. I've got a baby gift for you. Here's the gift. It's $50,000 in gold. Like, what? It's an incredibly expensive gift. So what's the significance of the gold? Obviously, the value is there. But gold represents, of course, that Christ is our king. 
Look at the scripture on this. It says in Hebrews chapter 10, for God, I'm sorry, 1 Timothy 6, sorry. For, for at just the right time, Christ will be revealed from heaven by the blessed and only almighty God, the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. So gold basically says he's your king. So when you give a precious gift, an expensive gift, you're saying you really are my king. Something that uniquely happens every year when we do these, these, this one year offering, this annual offering that we do. Every year it may surprise you that people bring uh, really sacrificial gifts. Many of them are in cash and many of them are, you know, write a check or, you know, use your credit card and we just ask you to pay that, please, you know, <laughs> just give and not pay it. But, but, you know, it's amazing people do, but this may surprise you. We actually every year have people bring us boats, cars, deeds to land. Um, we've had all kinds of things like that given. Uh, people will bring, I've had people bring fur coats, uh, gold, literally gold, because they know it's valuable, right? Um, and so it's amazing. And, you know, we essentially, you know, create an eBay account and, and just sell it to the best of our ability so we can use the resources for God's work. It's, it's incredible. And sometimes, sometimes people give cars that are very expensive. And isn't that great? I mean, it's, it's incredible what people will do. You know, I mean, I'll never forget um, last year, a young man came up and just took off his very expensive earrings, you know, and gave him. It was like, wow, it, was, it moved everyone. And I forget what service was, but it was incredible. My, my point is, is that when people are moved, that they just find anything of value. This is just Acts chapter two. If you look at it closely in Acts chapter two, they said they sold land when people just had a need. They just gave whatever they had to God. It's very, very impressive. But gold represents great value. We even say to this day, right, you'll say, oh, that's the gold standard of something which means what? It's of high value. In fact, the dollar is dropping in value. Why? Because it's no longer on the gold standard. When it was on the gold standard, the, value, the dollar was going up, but now that it's not since 1972, it's been dropping in value. So you can buy less and less with it, unfortunately, right? And so gold standard is a, is a big deal. So that, that, that means it's, it's very valuable. Many people, many kings, kingdoms were valued in gold. And so that was, that was the, uh, the most precious thing. So he is your king. The frankincense also has meaning. I want to show you some frankincense. Here's, here's what this is. So I'll put a bunch of it in the jar so you can see it. But frankincense basically, it, it, in the name, gives it away. It's frankincense. So basically, you can burn this, and it puts off a nice aroma. And so you may remember in the Bible, in the Old Testament, the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies, and he would burn incense, and that was the prayers of the people going before God. Because the high priest was literally a priest. A priest means you're a mediator between God and his people. So he would go in and he would speak to God on your behalf. That's what he would do. But see, the priest would be able to do that. He'd do it like once a year. And he would have to get super holy. He'd have to like kill all these animals for the, for the forgiveness of his own sins to purify himself. So he could go in for a few minutes before God. Because God is holy. And so in the holy presence of God, any kind of sin or impurity cannot live. So it was not uncommon for a priest to die in the presence of God if they were not right. And so this is a big deal. You have to be holy, right? And so that means we didn't really have access directly to God because we just weren't holy enough. Look at Hebrews chapter 10. Jesus solved this problem. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day, and day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. So Jesus says, no more killing a bunch of lambs. I'll be the lamb of God. I will give my life so you and I can have direct access to God. So frankincense means that he's your priest. He's your priest. How many of you guys love the fact that you can pray and know that there's a God who hears you, right? Isn't that nice? So like when you're hurting, you're like, Lord, just thank you. Oh, right? 
Lord, just thank you that you hear me. And it's so nice to know that Jesus is there. You know, when we pray, we say at the end of our prayers, in Jesus' name, amen. Because it's through Jesus that we get access to God. That's why we say that. You're like, why do you say that? That's why. Because we're saying, I know the only reason I have access to you, God, is because your son died for me to give me access to your holy presence. And so I thank you. And I say this in Jesus' name, right? But did you know this? Did you know that in the Bible, it's very clear that Jesus right now is sitting right beside God. He's at the right hand of the Father. And you know what he's talking to God about right now? You. He's talking to God about you. He is talking to God on your behalf. He is praying for you. Isn't that nice to know that? So one of the other reasons we give, same reason he gave frankincense, was to say, I want to give to you because I know you are there on my behalf. God, I trust my resources in your hands because I know you're my high priest. You are the one, Jesus, you're the one that connects me to the Father. And so I want to give to you. And I, I, I want to tell you something that may surprise you about giving. Giving will connect your heart to him and to his house. It just does that because where your money flows, your, your heart flows also. It just connects you to what God is doing, to his mission, to his cause, to his purpose. And so this, this may surprise you. You may think, well, the people who give are probably the most critical about where it goes. Actually, they're not. They're the least critical. They're saying, I give and I trust that God's going to do his work through this. It's okay to ask questions. We answer questions all the time about where the money goes. That's why I just explained right at the beginning before we even give, this is where it's going. So you knew exactly what we're doing with it. But the, but the truth is, is that it shows our heart. We're trusting the Lord. We, we really trust you. Also, a high priest that, that, that is there for you, Jesus is talking on your behalf. What that also means is that, Lord, I, I trust you with my resources. Let me tell you what I mean by that. You know, some people kind of hold back on giving because they think, well, but if I give all this and then what if, you know, Johnny breaks a leg, Sally needs braces. What if I wreck the car? What if something happens and we need some money and I've just given it all to God? But that's what, what you're saying when you give it is you're saying, God, I'm giving this to you and whatever happens next month, I know you got me. I trust you. Because if you, if you, oh no, I got to hold back because what if this happens? So it's in our savings account we trust? No, that can be depleted in an instant. So instead, God, I trust my life in your hands. So as I give this, if something comes up, I know you got me. You're the greatest insurance I'll ever have, God. You cover everything. I trust my life in your hands. The last gift they give, gift they gave, excuse me, was myrrh. And so I have some myrrh here. Myrrh is a precious oil. You can see that kind of looks like olive oil. It's a precious oil. This was used to embalm royalty when they, were, when they died. And so King Tut was embalmed in myrrh. I don't know if you knew that or not. And so almost all kings and queens were uh, from Egypt, from Persia, from Israel, um, anywhere in the Middle East. This is what they would do because it would preserve the body. They would literally dip these, these grave clothes, as they call them. They dip these grave clothes in myrrh and then wrap it around the body. And so this is why we know what these, what these kings looked like, because we had the shape still uh, of what their face would be like if it was there after the decay. The, the myrrh uh, over time would harden and hold the actual shape of their body. And so it, was, it, was, it would also cover the smell, of course, of a decaying body, but it was to preserve them. So that's what myrrh, myrrh was for. So why would someone go to a baby shower and give a gift for someone dying? Like, hey, I'm going to stop by the house in the baby shower. I can't wait to drop off a funeral plot I bought for you. You'd be like, what? That's kind of sick, isn't it? Why would you? I don't want you to think about my baby's death. What do you? I wonder if Mary, when she saw this gift, thought, wait a minute. The only time I've ever seen myrrh before was, was at a funeral. I wonder if she pondered at that moment, why was my son born? Why is he here? What's the purpose in that? So somehow these wise men 
were wise enough to realize there's a greater purpose for this child. So they literally brought a gift that would be used that was representing embalming someone royal who dies because Jesus was going to give his life for all of us. So Merce says, he's your suffering servant. And so this is, some of you today may be giving, and, and, and your gift is very unique because your gift may be, you're saying, God, I've been through some stuff. I mean, I've been through a lot. And I, I'm grateful for you, that you have been with me through the thick and thin, that I can trust you, that when things were going, when things were falling apart, in my darkest moments, Jesus, you were there for me, I want to give to you now. And maybe someone today is giving in their darkest moment. Saying, yeah, I'm going through it, but I refuse to let the devil throw more at me and keep me off my game. I'm going to honor the Lord with my life. We have to make a decision to say, I want to be a giver. Either way, whether whether it's going good or bad. It says in Scripture in Isaiah 53, but he was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us like sheep have strayed away We have left God's path and followed our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as sheep is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. Wow. So while he was suffering, being spat upon, beaten, whipped, stripped of his clothes, hung on a cross, he was silent most of the time. What was he thinking about? Well, that's easy. He was thinking about you and me on that cross. He gave his life for all of us. These gifts have so much meaning to them. This is saying, God, I'm willing to give great treasure to you that I have because, Lord, you've blessed me. Lord, I trust that because of what Christ gave, I can directly be connected to you. You're my partner, God. You're my high priest. And also, Lord, what I've been through, you went through first. And so you are with me in the thick and thin, good moments, bad moments. I can trust my life in your hands. When you give today, that's what you're saying to God. Well, hold on, Pastor. So am I like buying God's love? No, no. See, the truth is, is that you and I were already bought. We were ransomed is what is used in Scripture when Christ gave his life for us. So I don't give because God loves me. I don't give to get God's love. I get get to give because I am loved. You understand the order? He loved us first, so I want to give to him. I want to show a quick video. Um, a couple months ago, Pastor Craig Rochelle was in town, and he, he shared with our church, did an amazing job. And we, we have a, a, a great friendship and, and relationship, and he's been my pastor for a number of years now. And, and uh, in doing so, I've had kind of a front row seat to see what God has done through him and his ministry and his church. For those of you who don't know who he is, it's okay. But I just want to tell you real quick if I can. He, he leads a church that he started uh, about the same time we started. It's amazing. Uh, they started, I think, two years before us. Their church is the largest church in American history. They average about ninety to 100,000 every weekend in service, 33 campuses all over America. I don't say that because the attendance, although that's amazing, but it's because how many people are getting saved and lives being changed is just simply amazing. Nothing short of a miracle. And what we've got to watch up close, just knowing the Grishel family and several other families that go to Life Church, is there's not just great evangelism going on, there's great sacrifice to make that happen. For example, they are the ones who created the U version Bible app that you probably have on your phone right now. You know they've been offered hundreds of millions of dollars for that app and they refuse to sell it? Their answer is real simple. God's word is not for sale. 
So they, they keep that up. They have a whole tech portion of their church that all they do is run tech for that. You know, that's very expensive, and that's just a gift they give the world. Their church is incredibly generous. And so I just wanted to sit down and ask him some questions about what generosity means for them, for their church, what that looks like, because he knows where we're at. Where he's been mentoring me for years now, and so I just wanted to do a quick interview with him. So please check this out. So, Pastor, we've been friends for a long time, mm-hmm. and I've seen God do great things for you at Life Church. Okay. One of the things that I just happen to know from the inside of seeing you and your leadership, but also just the people, having known uh, some of the people at your church, is that it's not just abnormal evangelism going on. It's not just abnormal growth. It's abnormal sacrifice. Talk about what that means to you and what does that look like? Well, you know, we we, we talk about a value being that we, we give up things that we love for things we love even more. And that's not our definition of sacrifice, but someone else's. And it really did start in the beginning. Um, Amy and I, we were honored to basically, we, we call it cashing in. We took everything that yeah. wasn't tied down and, and put it into the church. And then we got to do that one other time later on as well. And I think that initial seed of faith from us really sparked other people to do so as well. And then like Church Unlimited, you all, you really you really try to be irrationally generous. And so we say, we say that, that... Um, that we, we really want to be irrationally generous because we truly believe it's more blessed to give than, than receive. And in, um, it was, I think, 2005 or six, we started to give away resources back when we didn't have the money to do so. And then when we created the Uversion Bible app, we started to try to give that away as well. Yeah. And now we're up to almost 400 million devices that we've been able to um, put that in the hands of people. And what happened is our people saw the generosity of the church and matched it with their own personal sacrificial generosity. So, you know, I mean, just people in my little circle, a guy gave up his courtside um, tickets to professional basketball because wow. he said, I'm not going to spend more on my entertainment than I'm giving to God. That was last year. Wow. Another guy um, sold his boat that was his family, you know, that, that they created the memories on, sold his boat to give all that to God through the church. And those are just people that are close to me that have caught the vision of sacrificial giving yeah. in order to push the mission forward. And so we always say it's not equal get the size of the gifts, but it can be equal sacrifice. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about the people at Church Unlimited is they really do see, and especially in the last few years, they see that the fruit of their sacrificial giving, meaning yeah. there yeah. are new campuses and new communities that and more um, reaching people behind bars that's... I mean, what better return on an investment can you have than those things? Yeah, you know, it's so true. And I, I see, you know, something you, you taught me that I don't know if everyone connects the dots. And you're good at connecting the dots at Life Church with this. Some people say, it's just another building. Mm-hmm. Why are we just building buildings? Mm-hmm. Explain, can you, can you, from your standpoint, explain what the difference that makes is that there's more than a building going on here? No, well, you tend to meet in buildings, so uh, we're, <laughs> right. we're not going to undermine the importance of gatherings. Yeah, um, The church has been gathering for thousands of years, and we'll mm-hmm. always gather, so the buildings are important. But what happens is, you know, if we look at what's happened just in your two newest locations in the last few years of, you know, 1,500 or so people at both, and they're brand-new campuses, mm-hmm. you know, that, that would put them in the, you know, there's— 350,000 churches in the U.S., and there's 340,000 that aren't that big as your campus. Yeah. That impacts generations. So it's not just the people in the room. 
but it's their children, it's their grandchildren, it's their friends, it's the people that they work with. That, that symbolizes what will be you know, the ripple effect from those campuses will be more than you can ever imagine. And to have seen that happen in such a short period of time through the faith of your people is like mind-blowingly exciting to me. I love it. You know, we're, we're hitting a stride. And you told me about Life Church when you guys were around 15,000 or so was when you kind of pushed the chips to the middle of the yes, table, so to speak. we did. We feel led to do that. Yes. And uh, that's something we talk about personally a lot. And so when it comes to leadership, you know, I've been following you in so many ways and trying to really do that personally as a yes. family, uh, as in our leadership as well. What would you say to the member who says, man, I see God doing something bigger. What does that mean for me? What would you say to that person? Well, I want to try to answer that in two different ways. First of all, I applaud your faith. You know, you're, you're, you have crazy faith. And what we did is we did go all in, mm-hmm. and I want to explain that first and then answer your question. Sure. Is we had massive debt at the time, yeah. and we felt like we could hit a tipping point of efficiency to where we could probably pay off the debt relatively quickly, like maybe 10 years or so. Yeah. We ended up doing it in about three years. Incredible. And we're able to now be debt-free in all that we do. So before we launch a campus, we're debt-free. And the, what, we, what wow. we thought was is for us, around 1,200 or 1,400 people coming to a campus, we're kind of breaking even. Above that, we're able to create financial margin that then goes into new campuses. So wow. our average size campus is about 3,000 people. So if you do the math, yeah. that's significant financial margin that now all goes into new locations. What's exciting about where you are right now is you're kind of on the edge of that tipping point, meaning mm-hmm. a little bit of growth in Stone Oak um, is gonna create more room to do another one in San Antonio yeah. and such. And so I really believe you're kind of at that same hump that we were at a while mm-hmm. back, which is if you play it safe and go slow, you can kind of always be kind of stuck. But yeah. if you really do have that kind of all-in moment of we believe that we can honor God with some real faith, then you could hit that both that financial tipping point and that kind of spiritual momentum thing where I think God says, you've been faithful with a little, I'll trust you with more. And that's when we did grow very, very quickly from 11 or 12 locations to 34 and from having massive debt to having no debt. So Incredible. That being said, you okay. asked me how this applied to, to people. Yeah. I think in the very same way, which is we can be partially in or we can be all in. Yeah. And I think God honors the faith that's all in. And so there could be, it could be anything from um, a person who gives the single biggest gift they've ever given to a business person who's never really made a sacrificial gift before, yeah. who, said, you know, who does the million dollar one or the two million dollar one or, or something that really um, can move the needle. And what happens is, our hearts follow our giving. And so it's no longer just a, you know, I kind of attend Church Unlimited, but this is our home, this is our vision, this is where we're planted, we're a part of it. And then suddenly what happens is your people will become more, uh, they'll be bought into what's happening that they don't see here yeah. because they own it. It's the, it's the You start living in the harvest rather than just planting seeds. Yeah. So right now we're seeing the harvest in other cities, we're seeing harvests in prisons. That's the harvest of what they gave five years ago. Yeah. I mean, that's what you gave five years ago, and now you're seeing it everywhere. And then it becomes exponentially explosive and rewarding. It's yeah. like it's like having grandkids. They say is really fun, <laughs> and we have two now, and it is because you can send them home <laughs> at the end of the day. Right. But this is it. You, you spiritually, yeah. it's um, you, you're impacting future generations, new cities, yeah. new markets, and I love what you're doing, God Behind Bars, because that is when people, when when um, these newly saved people come out 
they're going to re-enter society as new believers, yeah. and they're they won't they won't as likely be reincarcerated. They're and they're going right. to go on and start. It's 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 a it's a community changing ministry you're doing. You know, I'm so grateful for your time. This means so much to me. But even just a moment ago, when you were talking about you're on the cusp, you know, of opportunity. You are. I just. I just really see lost people on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I just, I want to challenge our people, you know, but I just, it means so much to me to see you walk in that faith. And I'm just believing God that God doesn't just want this for the life churches of the world. Mm-hmm. He wants for his church yes. everywhere. Yes. And so that is such a drive for me and everything that we do. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I just want to ask you, would you pray for us? Yes. Just pray for God to do something so supernatural like we've never seen. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've had some incredible miracles, but I really am convic- convicted and convinced that God doesn't want us living off of yesterday's miracle. Right. He wants us to step into the miracle of today. Mm-hmm. Would you pray for us, Pastor? I will. Then the thing I love about you, and I always joke with you about, is I talk to a lot of pastors like we talk, and just only because I've been in the game longer Shoot. and have a little more experience doing this, so I, they'll ask questions. Nobody does what I advise. <laughs> you do, which makes it really dangerous when we talk because you go and try crazy faith things. And you've done this now in recent years in two locations yeah. that have seen fantastic spiritual harvest. And you're only in phase one of these things, meaning they're just they're just now getting off the ground. Yeah. Yeah. And what could happen six months from now, a year from now, two years, five years from now, they could be much more impactful spinning in, in, into other places. So I applaud your faith, you. and what you just saw from your pastor is the thing that I think really sets you apart is that, that genuine love for people that don't know Christ, and we can't have any kind of real intimate conversation with that, with that coming out of you, yeah. and that's why this is a ministry that God continues to bless, and so I applaud that. So thank with you. that, we'll pray. Thank you. Father, thank you for Pastor Bill and Jessica and all the amazing spiritual leaders of Church Unlimited. God, we thank you that... Um, Not only are we in the harvest season, but now we have more seed to plant. And I pray for spiritual blessing for every person who's gathered, um, and they feel honored that they can be um, lead givers in in making sacrificial gifts, God, in order to plant seeds in the ground that will bring about spiritual harvest of new souls born into the kingdom. I pray, God, just increase anointing and faith on Pastor Bill's ministry, on his heart, on his marriage, on his family, um, on every person in Church Unlimited to have that that burning desire to see people born into your kingdom. God, I I pray that we would look back um, on these events and we would see just how you built our faith and just how you moved in the hearts of people to plant more seeds, to see um, an exponential return on spiritual investment and um, literally thousands and even tens of thousands of lives changed. So God, we look forward by faith, thanking you that this is a church with unlimited potential to reach unlimited number of people in cities around the nation and around the world, um, from behind bars to those who are um, hurting in, um, in very nice homes. We thank you for the gospel. We thank you for the power of Jesus to change lives. We thank you for every person who is fully invested in Church Unlimited. God, may you bless all that they do as we lift up the name of Jesus, draw people to him. May they be born into his family. May heaven continue to be larger because their faith continues to grow. We pray this, believing it will happen in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, brother.
This is our all-in moment. That's what this is. We talk about it. We pray about it. But do we do it? This is that time, as Pastor Craig talked about Life Church having that moment when they said, okay, we're going to go all in. We're pushing the chips to the middle of the table. We're going all in with this. Now you can do that. God's calling on you. Your church is calling on you. Will you step up? Will you join us in this opportunity to change lives? I want to ask you right now, real practically, I'm going to have another point to make at the end here, but just we have a lot of moving parts here at the end of our service. This is not normal. I want to ask everyone right now to pull out your bulletin real quick, and if you'll open that up, on the right-hand side of your bulletin, if you open it up, there's a card you can tear right off. The top portion of that card is to be used for this, this annual offering. On this card, it's to be filled out, and if you say, Pastor, I want to give a large gift to God, but I know I can't give it all at once, that's okay. You can give it over 20 weeks. Someone pointed out to me, you do realize it's a 20-week commitment for a 2020 vision. I was like, we didn't even put that together. God just did that. And so, but this is a card if you want to give over the next 20 weeks, you can. A certain amount from your paycheck, we get it. We understand there's multiple ways to do it. You can take this card, fill it out, and drop it in this envelope, and then turn this in in the offering in just a few moments. And so, but also, this is why I want to give you a few more minutes. There's actually two other envelopes. One is for the regular tithe envelope that you can utilize as well as the 2020 special offering envelope. So this is what we regularly give, uh, which we need to function, of course, but this is our above tithe offering today. Thank you for giving. Or you can frankly just open your app right now and give that way as well. You can give online. My wife and I, uh, earlier today, we gave that way. However you choose to give, we just want to say thank you for giving and thank you for making a difference. Thank you for helping us reach not just hundreds, but thousands of more people for Christ because you gave, because you made a difference. I believe one day you're going to be in heaven and it's going to be beautiful and it's going to be amazing. And someone's going to walk up to you and say, did you give to that offering? Yeah, I did. You know, I was in prison and they opened the prison campus and I got saved because you gave. I found Christ because, because you gave. Hey, did you did you give that offering? Because, you know, I, I, I lived in kind of a rough neighborhood, and there was a church there. And all everyone else trying to get out of the neighborhood, and this church decided to get in the neighborhood. And I went, and, and I was just a little boy and a little girl, and I was in that beautiful children's room that you guys redid for me. And I found Christ there because we gave. Last few scriptures I want to read, and we'll wrap it up. It says in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, but God demonstrates his love for us, in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So he demonstrated his love for us. Now we have an opportunity to demonstrate our love for him. It says in Proverbs 3, verse 5, this is what we're asking you to do right now. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. This is that time. This is our moment. Would you bow your heads with me? Every head bowed, every eye closed. And we take a moment to pray across all of our campuses. I want to thank you for being a part of our services. If you're not giving today, maybe you're just here for the first time, would you just pray for those around you as God moves in their hearts? You're getting a front row seat to generosity today your head bowed and your eyes closed. Maybe you're sitting next to your spouse. You may want to reach over there and hold their hand, or maybe you're busy filling something out. I get it. That's okay. 
we want to say thank you for doing this. Thank you for making a difference. I want to remind everyone, as, as you can hear my voice, all across campuses, all across online platforms and everything else, we cannot get where we want to go if we're not all in, all of us together making a sacrifice. Thank you for your support. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, if you never receive Christ as your Lord and your Savior, we never close our service out without giving you an opportunity to receive Christ. So right now, at this moment, you need to know that God sent his son. He gave his son the, the most generous gift ever given was given for you. Jesus died for your sin, and he rose again, proving that he's God. Now he waits for you to receive him. You can pray this prayer with us. You can receive Christ right now. Pray this prayer with me. You can say, dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died for me. You paid the price for my sin, and I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart, be my Lord, and be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Your head bowed. If you just pray the prayer, Christ has come in your life. And we want to say welcome to the family, those who are the newest members of Christ's family this morning who just received him. And what you're about to witness in a moment are people giving across all of our campuses because we want more of that to happen. We want more people to find Christ. That's why we give. That's why we sacrifice. It's not about us. It's about others. So God, right now, I ask you to move in the hearts of your people. God, I ask you, Lord, just to touch our hearts, to be bold. God, as we vacillate between this number or that, God, help us to step out in faith. Lord, as we consider what we can do for your kingdom, God, I pray that you would raise the bar and that we would stretch our faith and that we would just believe you for more. God, I thank you that you're not trying to get something from us today. You're trying to get something to us. Lord, I thank you, God, that we get to be a part of this. We pray your blessings over this offering. We thank you that we can take this moment to give above and beyond, to say, God, we love you and we believe in what you're doing. And so we will sacrifice for you. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, amen.